0: Velasquez was signed formally yesterday at PNC Park. He'll be part of the rotation. Ben Charrington made that quite clear, and strikingly so, in the statement accompanying the announcement. What does that mean? What does that mean? Punt! This is a punt! Everybody pay attention! It's a punt! I've been saying this all along! It's what they're doing! They're punting! Good morning to you! From this unhinged corner of the world, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way for better or worse, bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and/or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins. Where you found this? If you view this team's off to date in a bubble, meaning eliminate completely the Brian Reynolds scenario, and you just look at it from the standpoint of who's been lost and who's been gained, you could be convinced that this team is taking 2023 more seriously than it has the past three years. If you paid attention to what they say about 2023 and you trusted them, you would be very much sold on the idea that, hey, this is it. This is it. They're ready to support these young guys because you know what? That's exactly what they're saying. However, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. So far, the Pirates have made a couple of modestly impressive additions. Carlos Santana is 37 years old, but he can play. He can certainly hit for power, if not for production. G-Man Choi can play his position first base. He also can hit. He has an approach, a professional approach. And they've added a couple of pitchers along the way as well, including Velasquez. However, again, watch what it is that they do. Velasquez came here on a one year contract. He's 30 years old. He's had some good pitching in his background for multiple teams. But he comes here as a guy who's looking to bounce back from a year in which he had a 4.78 ERA. And he very much fits the profile, and I say this in a good way, of Tyler Anderson a couple of years ago, Jose Quintana this past year. Show up, prove yourself. And, of course, by the time July gets around, you get traded. That's, that's just how it goes. And I had no issues with this when it came to Anderson and Quintana. Anderson pitched well in Pittsburgh. He was actually more of a leader than what people could have known. And he went and he got traded and became a real asset to his new teams and ended up making a ton more money than what he was getting here. Same thing for Quintana. Jose had an outstanding summer for the Pirates, ends up moving on. Now he just signed a two year, $26 million deal to go to the Mets, which was only $24 million or so more than what the Pirates had guaranteed him. And now here's Velazquez to follow precisely the same script. You know why? Nothing's changed. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Those who are inclined to trust the Pirates' management from the top down might counter this by saying, well, hey, what if they're not done? Who's to say they're done? There's plenty of time between now and spring training. They could bring in another starter or even two to which I'll very conveniently counter. Look at this rotation and tell me who they're going to block. And I don't mean to make it sound like they've got, you know, the 1970 Baltimore guys going out there. But there are certain young pitchers who are going to pitch. Mitch Keller is going to pitch. Rowanzi Contreras is going to pitch. Johan Oviedo is going to pitch. Beyond that, it gets a little bit murkier for different reasons, but Luis Ortiz, when he's ready, and I think that's now, but you know, they're going to disagree on that, and they're going to end up getting him his super two-time and whatever else. He's not going to be here, but when he's ready, he's going to pitch. JT Brubaker... I know what the results are. I know how up and down they've been. I also know that he cut his home runs down this past season, and he is a legitimate right-handed starter in the major leagues. He's going to pitch. What number am I at now? Oh, yeah, Velasquez is going to be in the rotation. It says so right there in the press release from the general manager. Why? Because I'm positive, that that was part of the condition in which Velasquez would sign the deal. It can't be written into stone, but it can certainly be a gentleman's agreement. And that's what this very much appears to be. So who else are you adding to this? And what would you promise to them? And how would you get them to believe you, even if it were accurate? This is what I'm saying here. Velasquez is the next in line to be the Anderson slash Quintana guy. If things don't go well for the team and they won't, he'll get traded and everything will be exactly the way it was. And you can say the same thing about Santana and Choi and bringing back Tyler Heineman on a minor league deal earlier this week to be a catcher because they're not going to mess with Super 2 on their prospects because, oh, no, we need to save money several years down the line. Nothing has changed changed not one thing. You could have yourself a couple of hours where you'd get a little bit geeked about Santana coming here and you'd put on his highlights from Seattle and he's leading the Mariners to their first playoff appearance in a billion years. And It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They've done nothing. Oh, wait, wait, they have done one thing. They've alienated and soon will lose their best player. And when we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Christopher, who asks, Are the Pirates still negotiating with Reynolds? Could the trade demand be a negotiating tactic to force them to up their offer? They have time, or is the trade demand the end of negotiations? My understanding, Christopher, is that this was pretty bad, this breakdown between the two. This is not normal in this business, not in baseball, not in any of the major professional sports, where you begin a negotiation toward what's essentially the contract of a lifetime, if not necessarily a lifetime contract for that athlete. For the process that I just described to even get off the ground, there's got to be some mutual trust. There's got to be some mutual love. You know, the player has to really want to stay to even entertain the discussion. The team has to at least Peripherally want the player to stay, meaning in some optimal world where they don't have to pay him money. So for this to go from 60 to zero, so to speak, something really, really, really has to go wrong. And that's my understanding of what happened here. Now, what could that be? It could be, and most likely is, because it's usually about money. It could just be the difference in the size of the offer. It could just be the pirates putting forth a number that they said, whoa, hey, no, man. Really? This is what you had in mind? This is what you think of our guy? And that's the end of that. But it also could be about being competitive. It also could be about, hey, I'm this many years old right now, and I'll be that many years old by the time you get around to being serious about this, and I'm really not inclined to do that so how about if you just get me out of here now you're gonna get me out of here at some point get me out of here now that's the kind of thing that can just kill a negotiation the reason that i keep emphasizing again and again the going public with this trade demand which is what the reynolds camp did the caa his agency and his representatives That's intended to burn the bridge. That's not something that you just accidentally blurt out. That's something that you want to have out in order to do as much damage as possible so that the team will take seriously the demand and to try to tie the team's hands. If you think about it, Without boring everybody with Major League Baseball's processes for free agency and all that other stuff, this is the only real weapon someone like a Reynolds has because he is the Pirates' property, in theory, for the next three years through arbitration. And that's where it, 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 gets, it, it gets a little bit murky. Did they just send up an alarm for the sake of sending up an alarm? Maybe. I don't know. Would they still be open to listening to Ben Charrington if he called up and said, hey, by the way, how about if you make a counteroffer and it's totally not regarding what it was that we sent you initially? Let's just start from scratch. You send us an offer. Would they listen to it? Sure they would. Sure they would. Because they know that the pirates, again, using this term, in theory, would be able to pay their guy the money that he'd want so why would you hang up the phone on that but when it's uh, when it's gotten to this point uh, christopher it's it's not generally the kind of thing where there's some great big happy u-turn to be found i appreciate the question i appreciate everyone listening to daily shot of pirates we'll do another one of these tomorrow